Welcome to New Grad Advice Podcast. This is Neil Grant, author of the soon-to-be-released book, Words of Wisdom from a Christian Mentor, Practical, Real-Life, and Holistic Advice for the Graduate Transitioning into Adulthood. I am presently discussing topics related to your financial life, and my last podcast provided the basics of investing to give the listener an overview of the various instruments available to invest your money while providing a recommendation on how to start investing for those of you who have never done so previously. Today's podcast will get into a very confusing subject of insurance and will provide some basic information on the, on the many areas where you may wish to purchase insurance depending on your circumstances. The following insurances will be discussed. Life, auto, homeowners, home warranty, renters, umbrella policies, and finally, and most importantly, health insurance. So let's get into this mysterious subject. As I have said before, I'm not an expert here, but will simply provide information from my experience. Let's start with life insurance. This is considered by many to be the basic part of sound financial planning. It is basically needed if you are the breadwinner of the family and if you pass away, the policy will provide money to enable your family to help cover their ongoing living expenses and pay off some bills, such as the home mortgage. If you have no dependents who rely on you, you may wish to forego getting life insurance entirely, except maybe getting a policy to cover your funeral expenses. While it is primarily used as replacement for income for dependents, it can also be used to cover your final expenses, help provide an inheritance, cover estate taxes, and the like. There are two types of policies, term and whole life, which has various names such as universal or variable life, and also has various options available within it. To keep it simple, I will only discuss these two types. Term insurance. This policy is designed to deliver a less expensive mechanism to provide coverage in case you die. You are strictly buying coverage for payment, of a fixed amount of money for a fixed period of time, usually 30 years or so, in case you die. Once this period of term expires, the policy has no value, and you can then choose to renew the policy or with your changing circumstances, simply carry no life insurance. Whole life insurance. This is the second type, and it's a policy that has a cash value as you are paying a higher annual premium for the coverage. While the face amount of the policy may be the same as a term policy, it will have monetary value as time passes, from which you may be able to draw from for special needs. To me, you are essentially using the insurance company to help you save for the future, as they will invest part of your premium, and this is how you have cash value for your use. Which is best for you? Knowing your individual circumstances, you will need to decide whether you wish to pay more each year and have a built-up cash value in your policy, or pay less each year and just get the coverage you desire. Obviously, the younger you are, the less likely you will die soon, and therefore the premium paid for the coverage is less. As you age, it gets more expensive. Also, if you are in poor health, you may likely pay more as well. Uh, another reason to live a healthy lifestyle so, no matter which type of policy you choose, once you have dependents, it will behoove you to purchase a policy. Many sites recommend you buy 10 times your annual salary, but this is for you to research and decide. Let's talk about auto insurance. 
The art, this insurance has three aspects to it. The first is property damage, coverage to pay for damage or theft of your car. Liability, coverage for your legal responsibility to others for damage to their property or harm to their person. And the third part is medical, coverage for the cost of treating injuries and harm and related costs. I use a, or I use a website called iii.org, and it is a great edu insurance educational site. And some of the info I provide here has come from iii.org. The basic personal auto insurance is mandated by U.S. states requires some financial protection if you or another driver of your car causes an accident that damages someone else's car, property, or injures someone or both. But to make the best decisions about purchasing other types of auto insurance coverage you might need, you'll want to understand what's covered, what's not covered, and what's optional. Here's a rundown of the types of coverage available. Some are required, others are optional. All are priced individually to enable you to customize coverage amounts to suit your needs and your budget. Let's talk about mandatory coverage. Nearly every state in the United States requires car owners to carry the following auto liability coverage. Body, bodily injury liability. This covers costs associated with injuries and death that you cause while driving your car. That's a liability. Property damage liability. This coverage will reimburse others for damage that you cause to another vehicle or other property, such as a fence, a building, or a utility pole. Texas law requires all drivers to have adequate car insurance, and in Texas, drivers need to have minimum insurance coverage of $30,000 per injured person and up to, to $60,000 per accident. Additionally, Texas drivers must have coverage for property damage of at least $25,000, and when written in shorthand, this is known as 30, 60, 25 coverage. These are legally required to drive in Texas. You should carry your proof of insurance in your glove compartment at all times. Frequently required coverage, depending on the state you live in. Medical payments or personal injury protection, PIP. This provides reimbursement for medical expenses for injury to you or your passengers. It will also cover lost wages and other related expenses and is required by law to have in Texas. Uninsured motorist coverage. This reimburses you when an accident is caused by an uninsured motorist or a hit and run event, and this is not required in Texas. Even if these types of coverage are optional in your state, consider adding them to your policy for greater financial protection. Here are some optional coverage items. While basic legally mandated auto insurance covers the cost of damages to other vehicles that you cause while driving, it does not cover damage to your own car. To cover this, you need to purchase the following optional auto insurance coverage. Collision. This optional coverage reimburses you for damage to your car that occurs as a result of a collision with another vehicle or another object when you're at fault. This is not required by law, but if you have financed a car purchase, the lender may require it. Comprehensive. This provides coverage against theft and damage by an incident other than a collision, such as fire, flood, vandalism, hail, falling trees, 
or other hazards and is not required in Texas. It's quite comprehensive, hence the name. Glass and tire coverage. Windshield damage is common and some auto policies include no deductible glass coverage. Tires can also be treated similarly. So how much insurance do you need to buy? To me, this depends on the financial circumstances and what you have to lose if you cause a serious accident. The more you have to lose, the more coverage you will need and should purchase. When buying insurance, you can get pricing for each line item for differing amounts of coverage. And knowing your circumstances, then you can decide how much risk you are willing to incur and thus the premium you'll have to pay. Your agent can be very useful here. Let's talk about homeowners insurance now. You will need to protect what is likely your biggest asset, and if you have a mortgage, the lender will insist you have insurance coverage. What is nice about this policy is that it's like an umbrella policy that covers a myriad of issues, such as protecting your house, your belongings, and certain liability lawsuits from other people. The cost of this is dependent on the value of your home and land, your desired level of protection, and also the amount of your deductible. The deductible amount denotes how much you will first pay and the insurance company will then reimburse you for the rest of the cost of the event over and above the deductible. They want you to have some skin in the game so you will make an effort not to take a claim. If you wish full coverage with no deductible, it will cost a lot more than if the deductible amount for each claim. You will find that the cost can range all over the place and should be studied to make sure you are getting the most for your money. A couple years ago, my renewal premium came due, and at the same time, I received many unsolicited quotes in the mail, and the difference in prices was surprising. Mine was significantly higher. I called my agent, and we reviewed each line item comprising the total bill, and I adjusted many things, thus obtaining a considerably lower premium. First, my house was insured for the full market value. If the house burned down, I would still have the valuable real estate and the foundation, so I felt there was no need to cover the full value, so I lowered the amount insured. Two, in examining the cost for a damaged roof, we looked at my deductible and I decided to accept more risk and raise my deductible from 1% to 3%, as I didn't think the probability of a complete roof being damaged or failing was very big in my 10-year-old house. Three, having gone through Hurricane Harvey with no water damage, I did not feel the need to carry flood insurance, as there was most likely will never be a more severe storm to worry about than that one. Four, we do not have a lot of stuff or expensive jewelry or collectibles, so I reduced the payout for damage to my belongings. In the end, I reduced the premium by about a third, and was now in line with unsolicited bare-bones quotes I had received from many insurance carriers. In the meantime, I retained my long-term insurance agent. Home Warranty Insurance This type of insurance provides for the replacement of key home appliances if they fail. For example, if your combined air conditioning and heating unit fails from extended long-term use, it'll cost thousands to replace. Refrigerators are the next most expensive item to replace, 
and you will soon find out that these do not last long nowadays anyways. Other kitchen appliances follow with diminishing replacement costs. You may wish to consider this as an additional risk aversion in your overall insurance philosophy. I have chosen not to get this type of policy as we have a 10-year-old house and I don't expect the AC unit to fail anytime soon. And if it goes prematurely, so be it. As far as the refrigerator is concerned, my research shows that you shouldn't expect it to live a long life. Let's say maybe five years. So we've decided to simply buy low-cost units with a few special features, which costs about a third to a quarter of the top-of-the-line units. We also feel that our budget affords us the ability to replace washers, dryers, dishwashers, and other appliances needed, thus saving the cost of this additional insurance policy. Renter's insurance. If you're renting and something happens to the building or your apartment, any insurance coverage the owner has will be used to protect him and none of your belongings. If you want to protect your apartment and your property in the apartment, you need to purchase some renter's insurance and it will cover these against fire and theft. An umbrella insurance policy. If you have significant assets after years of hard work and you desire to have more protection, you can purchase a policy to increase total liability limits to some larger amount, such as one million. My thoughts are that we live in a very litigious society and lawsuits are quite prevalent. So to cover any legal issues, you may wish to purchase this fairly inexpensive policy. Health insurance. Even though I've listed this last here, it is important insurance and it is critical that you obtain this financial freedom. If you have a major medical issue arise, it can wipe you out financially if you do not have any medical insurance. Most people buy this through their employer, which is by far the cheapest way to obtain it. Buying it in the open market will probably be five to 10 times more expensive. You will need to buy catastrophic health insurance at a minimum, which protects you from super expensive medical costs associated with major diseases or procedures. This will be cheaper as lower cost issues like doctor's visits and minor procedures will not be covered. So you will inherit more financial risk, but you will also have a lower cost. This is your typical risk reward situation. Whatever your situation, do whatever is possible to obtain health insurance. So what's the takeaway message? Insurance is a proven way to financially protect you from unforeseen circumstances which could otherwise readily bankrupt you. This is a small price to pay for protecting what you have spent your career working for. Seriously consider buying the insurance you need at the levels which reflect your level of risk aversion and just consider it as part of your essential living costs. Make sure you buy health insurance and all the legally required insurance for your car. Well, that's it for now. I truly hope that this session has indeed been helpful for you. My next podcast will discuss buying your first home. Many of you may be a long way away from doing this, but I suggest you listen to it so you can start the process of developing a good credit rating, which is necessary when the time comes to take this giant step. Thanks for listening, and please visit my soon-to-be-launched website, newgradadvice.com. Bye.